Hello world, it's uh, it's noon, it's Thursday, it's WHPK 88.5, which means you listen to Ergo Radio, what's up y'all, I'm Damon. And I'm Kiss, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in, um, for you listeners out there who don't know what we do, uh, we do something, wake up, I think we do something pretty cool. Uh, and Stop it, sleeping, that's, that's, that's what I have to say to you. That actually, I kind of needed that reminder, I am exhausted today, um, but we're here and we're ready to go. We showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond, artists, writers, organizers, poets, musicians, singers, people doing amazing things, reshaping the culture of our city, our country, and our world for the better. We have a very special guest here today, but before we get to that, uh, let's do some community announcements. We could also touch base on what happened yesterday word, if you word, want. We could do that. Man, my uh, my brain's fried, so I don't even know what the hell is going on in the world. But I do know this Saturday, uh, I'm reading uh, in a stage reading of Christiana Colon's new play, Florissant and Canfield, uh, based off, loosely based off actions in Ferguson and things that have been happening in Chicago over the last couple years. Also, this Sunday in Washington Park um, is, is Ronnie Man Day, um, Ronald Johnson. We've had his, his mother, Dorothy Holmes on the show. Ronald, uh, Ronnie Man Johnson was killed by CPD in 2014. Um, and then the, the place where he was shot in the back and, and where he passed, uh, we're going to try to rename part of that park, uh, Ronnie Man Park. So, so that's happening this Sunday, Washington Park, 50, 53rd and King, King at noon. Yep. A couple other things, uh, Ergo alums, Nate and Iman, Nate Marshall and Iman Loren are reading tonight at Bucket Feet as part of a new series uh, over there. Um, and it's a very exciting thing to formally announce. I think we may have hinted at it before. Uh, next Saturday, the 30th, um, the Poetry Foundation, as well as Nate and Ergo alum Eve Ewing, and myself have been working on this amazing poetry block party that's happening at 38th and Wabash. The headliners are going to be, I guess they actually all have been on the show. It's kind of cool. Rick Wilson, uh, Raven Lene, and Avery R. Young are the musical performers. It's going to be really fun. It's free. We'll have food, a bunch of community organizations out, all kinds of stuff going down. I'm going to uh, oh, yeah, go ahead and humble, humble. Oh, yeah, I'm hosting that for sure. sure. I'm going to go ahead and like. Humble, no, actually, not humbly brag. It feels like it's getting to the point where ain't nothing going down in Chicago without having a touch of Ergo alum. I just want y'all to like make point of that as this summer is like full throttle that that we've been we've been a year at doing this and we've had some of the best people in the world on the show. So we love y'all and yeah, you're gonna see them everywhere. We're uh, influencers. Okay, we can run with that. Uh, and b before we get to, I guess you know, kiss ass for a quick recap. Uh, so yeah, I actually got arrested yesterday. Um, I was one of thirteen uh, members of, of BYP One Hundred, um, who was a part of a National Day of Action in this moment where everybody's been responding to Alden Sterling and Philando Castile, um, and, and also just everything that's been happening in Chicago for decades. Um, we we had a national day of action where yesterday here in Chicago we blockaded um, Holman Square, which is a, a black site owned by the Chicago Police Department where they've been torturing people for decades, uh, where they take people's property, um, and it's like you know it takes a lot of money. And it's just not a good thing. It's like torture is real and it happens in America and it actually happens in your city if you're listening here in Chicago. Um, and so what we did yesterday um, was to provoke people's consciousness as people are more upset and there's more pain and there's more sorrow, uh, what we're trying to say is that we need you um, and, and you you need to do the work, right? Like it feels a lot right now like the world's kind of on fire, right? Um, and nobody from above us is going to put it out. Um, and, and so as things are getting worse, as our world is, and society is getting more violent, um, 
yesterday was a call to action to, to bring you to do the work, whether it, whether it's protesting or meetings or whether it's comedy or whether it's writing, uh, no matter what you do, do it with other people in the name of transforming this world because we, we, we have to. Um, so just a little bit, a few more details of what happened yesterday. Um, we were doing this to also highlight that here in Chicago, um, there is a, a Blue Lives Matter ordinance that is, that is being proposed in, in the city hall. Um, and basically, I mean, you, you hear the, the words like Blue Lives Matter sounds pretty racist, right? But it, it, it's pretty ridiculous. It's trying to protect police officers under hate crime. These Smurfs out here. <laughs> we try to it's, it's laws to protect police officers under hate crime legislation, uh, which we know was drafted to protect uh, marginalized people. And in no way are the state, especially violent oppressors, marginalized. Um, so really, it's pretty unconstitutional. It's to, to cage people's freedom of speech um, and to give police more power in individual interaction. So you get pulled over and you can say something bad and they can arrest you um, for a hate crime if this law were to pass. Um, and so we, we to show the contradiction, right, we went to a place where torture is a mechanized part of policing here in the city um, to highlight that that it is ridiculous and they don't need any more protection under any more laws. Um, and we actually need to start figuring out how we can engage ourselves and keep ourselves safe outside of the framework of policing and outside of the framework of guns and cages and fines. Uh, and so that was the call. Uh, we also held space in a way that was really beautiful across the street with Let Us Breathe. And we, we, we turned the empty lot into Freedom Square across the street from Holman Square um, and, and held up a tent city and gave out free food and engaged the community and had a really dope day. Uh, so so I, I real quick, before, and we're gonna get to our guest. Um, I, I know there's like, why do you get arrested? Why did you go do that, right? Um, and so civil disobedience is is important. So we force this conversation um, in a way to provoke people's consciousness into thinking about the things that we force you to talk about. So now that we did that, it's not to look at us or not to get retweets. Um, it is it is a call to action. And now it, now that you heard this, it is your duty to do some shit. And if you are so inclined to retweet, just retweet the podcast. That's easy enough. Yeah, well, Ergo Radio will take the retweets. Yeah, we'll, we'll happily I, let, take Yes, let's be clear. All, All right. right. <laughs> let's get this started. Um, we're very excited to have our guest here today. She's one of the funniest people I've seen in person in the city. Um, she's tremendous. She's a comic. You've seen her. I, I, I don't know. Sonia Denise here. How you, how you hey, feeling? Hey, I'm I'm <laughs> I promise you it gets better than the intro. It's good to see you. Oh, yeah. thank you for having me on, man. Sorry for like making you have to follow the revolution right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. I know it's, like, it's hard I got to jokes. be jokes. <laughs> it's, it's a tough opener. No, we, we switch it up. We all over the place here at oh, Anchor okay, Radio. Cool. We're intentionally sporadic. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we like to start with this. How today are you feeling? How uh, is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Um, how am I feeling? Uh I don't know. I like it's really hot. It's gross yeah. outside. Yeah, it's hot as hell. Uh, I witnessed a CTA fight. I, I was telling him about it. They oh. got it. It was like, okay, so I'm on the green line coming here, and this dude is talking to this girl, and she's oh. like laughing that like extra laugh, and I'm like, ugh, because it's <laughs> like I don't know. I just see. I I thought it was gonna play out how like you're like, oh, this dude is like saying like corny shit. Can I curse? No. We're not supposed good. to, but we got beef with the FCC. If they good, want these problems, good, they can good, come good. get me. I'm glad I stopped myself. Mom, so got to find you. <laughs> he was saying stuff to her that was like fluffy, and I was just kind of like, oh, come on, girl. Don't fall for this. But then later, I hear her yell at him, and I'm like, what's going on? And then they were having an argument because somehow religion came up, uh -oh. and she was saying and she was a Christian, and I guess he was like a 5%er. Oh, yeah. And he was telling her she was I was about to say, lost. like, how did religion come up in courtship? <laughs> yeah. But 
it was because of Bob. Of course, it comes up. That was always very, also very generous of you to call it courtship. Courtship, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the CCA. May I take you out, my lady? He laid down his jacket across the Victorian era. I don't know what the hell courtship. I don't even know where I got that from. I've never courted anyone in my life. I've never even seen courtship. That was wild. So it's been a tough day. So the religion comes up. They're going at it. Yeah, yeah. Like I was reading my book, so like I kind of like checked out, and when I checked back in, she's like, "You don't even know me." And he was like, "I know that you're lost." And she was like, "I don't know, you don't." And he's like, "They were." She was like. Just because I'm a Christian, he's like, exactly, that's what they want you to think. You're taking on their religion, mm. their words, mm. their all this. Like, you just, like, going at her, and she's like, what? Like, it was like <laughs> I actually was, like, kind of agreeing with him, but I was kind of like, she's just living her life on the train, bro. Like, yeah, you, like, you, you approached this her. Yeah, and then she was like, you could talk to anybody else. You could talk to her. She pointed me out. I was like, mm, <laughs> you talk to I'm not a Christian, but I want no parts of any of this. And then a CTA person was sitting, happened to be on the train, so she got on the radio and was like, um, she was like, what's going on? One of you guys has to get off the train, da, da, da. So, like, it was a big thing where they had to stop it. And he was like, I'm getting off anyway, sister. Da, da, da. All of a sudden, he was like, sister, and da, 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 brother. And it was bizarre. I love the idea that the CTA person's like, okay, we have to resolve this. One of you is going to have to convert to the other. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Are you going to be a 5%? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was That's great. Good. It was so funny. Well, what book were you reading? Yeah. Uh, American. Americana? Tell us but, about it. Uh, I, I, her last name's Adiche, but I forgot how to... Oh, I'm yes. not going to try to pronounce it. Yeah. No, but she's amazing. Like, you know the Beyonce song uh, where she's talking about being a feminist, and the, there's a woman who comes on and talks about feminism and oh, this yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. That's, she wrote that book. Okay. And it is one of the best books I've ever read. It's okay. so amazing. It's on the Ergo reading list, which is now yeah. a thing on our website that I made. It was also featured on Orange is the New Black. Uh, uh, like, yeah, that book is pretty popular, but it's, it's great. It's about, like... Um, this, this two people who grew up in Nigeria and then one of them, she, they were like in love, whatever, but they were like teenagers. Then she goes to America for college and he ends up staying in Nigeria, but then ends up going to England. And the biggest, like, it's a whole story, but the biggest thing I got from it is like, I moved, so I'm, I was born in Rwanda and I moved here when I was five. But like, so I take, you take for granted, like the things, the subtle things you learn in a culture, mm-hmm. like how people talk right. or like, right. uh, the, like even body language, body language yeah. or things we say about like organic, well, like what things you just get. <laughs> you, no, I just mean like somebody's like, oh, organic, da, 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 and you, you <laughs> no, infer a lot of things yeah. about who they are and what right, they right. like, whatever. Right. And like reading the thing that makes her such an amazing writer is she talks about like experiencing America through this, like teenage girls like um perspective and you're like i never even thought about that i never Mm. even thought about how we all assimilate in one way or another or just in a way like i'll I'll, maybe i'm different around like a white corporate situation versus like if i'm like in high park or something but like a bigger scale yeah i always say i mean i didn't really like go to i I went to london like a year ago and i was like reading hella books about like how america is the worst right (laughs) um and and it was just really interesting like it clicked to me like you really have to have a viewpoint outside of your culture to yeah. learn about it, right? Like, like we think about traveling or going to other places to like understand other places, but really right. being outside, especially since America takes up so much space on the global stage exactly, right now. Yeah. Like being outside of it or being able to like engage someone else's viewpoint of it, like really teaches yeah. you like what we're doing over here. It's kind of it's a weird place, man. Yeah, it's why so many of the like kind of big texts about here are written by folks from here who go somewhere else. Yeah, and then yeah. And are looking back. Um, but you're talking, I know there's a difference between like 
the teenage moment that that character is and you're talking about coming here when you're five so obviously they're different points but yeah can you think of uh like <clears throat> whether it's moments or just things that like you remember consciously like it clicking like oh this is how things function here or oh if i gotta learn to communicate this way stuff like that yeah i mean i moved to like um we moved to like this part of maryland and then later dc but like we lived in this like neighborhood that was like all black mm -hmm. and uh like a few hispanic people maybe one black person but it was like middle class whatever but like the kids hated africans mm -hmm. like actively like so i didn't even mm. i remember never thinking about being african i just was like like i remember being in a, a conversation with friends once and they were like oh something something african booty scratcher hut this that and a mm -hmm, third mm -hmm. and i was like we didn't live in a hut bro like yeah. we had a house like we had a gate and i thought i was educating them right. and then by the end of the day everybody hated me <laughs> hated i remember this moment in my life i'll never forget i was on the bus and it was this kid named adrian that's his name and he was one of my best friends and i thought we were great friends we had hung out all summer and he got on and he was like and i was like hey what's up baby and he was like don't talk to me you african mm. and i didn't understand like i'm like yeah i'm african he was like you african and it was like i've never been called like the n-word hard r but mm. that's how i felt like mm. he was disgusted by me and that was, mm. was weird so then i assimilated like i just stopped talking about being african i remember listening to npr so i could lose my accent wow like i would tell people that was, I was well, how did npr become Funny. the choice like, that's well, a, i really got to figure out how these oh, well, that's a very i was gonna say that's always. a very mature you're gonna say like a movie or bt or something you said no 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 that's what my parents like listen to like I my wanna, dad i want to get popular let me listen to terry gross, <laughs> terry gross right? but that's the thing too i never understood what was cool right, like right. i did it i was trying like i thought nbr was cool and they were like no or like i remember one day it was like spirit day and everyone the color our like every class had a different color uh -huh. or spirit week right, right. every class had a color our color was red so i was like bruh I'm, my mom finally was like i'll take you to the mall so i got a red shirt red jeans and red shoes and i thought it was cool but everyone's like yo you look like a blood clot like, but i could never get it like no matter what i tried they were like no no so it was just always being out yes yeah, it's, it's a few things i want to tap off from the story. <laughs> I, I mean i, I want to like not move too fast and we we already got to like you being over here but but you kind of mentioned like having memories of home you yeah. have memories of your gate and like yeah, yeah, yeah. your house that was not yeah. a hut you know not saying? a hut like, like people know how to build things all over the world <laughs> good but, clarification here on the radio I'm glad we got <laughs> just so you guys know <laughs> but, uh... but but i would i would love to hear some some of those like those memories that are the, the most distinct about home and, and about your understanding of like why you had to not just move but like uproot and like go across the world right for like, sure like, um so my dad is haitian um oh, okay, and up. yeah he um but he's lived here since he was nine so like he lived in chicago was actually like went to evanston township all that uh True. yeah so then that's when where he... the npr came from I'm <laughs> exactly, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, it's coming into focus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is who oh, i hated npr now I listen to npr but like teen me would have been like why you've gone through the whole round yeah exactly i am NPR, my mom good. now um but yeah so he was so he graduated from indiana university and then was like in the peace corps so mm. he would travel a lot and I don't I don't know if he was in the Peace Corps when he met my mom in Rwanda or if he was like just traveling around. But mm. like so they met 
Uh, and then they got married and then had me. And then, um, so my dad, so then we lived in Belgium for like a year. And then my dad moved back here. Mm. And I don't know why they chose the East Coast. Cause like my, most of my dad's family's from here, mm. but that's just, oh no, I do know. Cause he worked for this, uh, this nonprofit called Africare. But uh, they're kind of the worst. But yeah, they, they yeah. sound. I was about to say they sound bad. Yeah, Africare. Africare. Oh yeah. man, yeah, they, yeah. So he woo. worked. That's what. Yeah, that's why we moved here. I feel like the logo has a lot of silhouette of hands. <laughs> it kind of is that, like, like in the shape hands. of like the continent. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that corny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I guess I could have did some research. I'm like real, like, embarrassed. I'm kind of fuzzy on my history, but no, what, for sure. In what point did you like? How did your migration line up with, like, the conflicts that were happening? Oh, so we moved here, um, so, like, we were here, like, um, late 80s, mm -hmm. early 90s, um, and then the genocide happened in 94. Okay, so, so like, it was weird, though, because it was, like, my mom was kind of going through it, and I was, like, a kid, and I didn't understand. Like, I understood mm. that people were dying, right. but, like, I would see her crying, because, like, she lost so much of her family her mom mm. um my cousin like who was here now he's like doing good went to the university of maryland all that but like he was like in a ditch with like his family members and a bunch mm. of other bodies mm. and had to pretend to be dead mm. and then like like after they left like got up and somehow my mom got him out of there and moved him here and he was like living with my uncle oh, and grew wow. up there but like I remember coming to his house one day and like looking at his, he had a photo album of just pictures of his family and then realizing like, oh my God, all these people are dead. Like mm. his mom, three, four brothers. My mom had like eight siblings and like, I think like three of them are still alive. Like mm. it was awful. So you come to the States uh, and I, I like to kind of frame it this way. And I guess it could be, we could do a four before you came and then also here. What are a couple like sounds and smells that when you think of like where you grew up? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have too many memories, uh, but like I remember once trying beer, <laughs> like somebody <laughs> had like it was not a big deal. They're like, yeah. oh, you want to try it? And I was like, yeah. I remember being like, Ugh, but now I love beer. Um, <laughs> once we smoked a cigarette and we got in trouble. So you only remember your vices. Yeah, yeah, I remember vices. Or like I just remember. This one time we shot us some heroin. <laughs> exactly. Was... Yeah, but I just I didn't like it though. Now I love heroin. <laughs> no, I just think we remember. Get used to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drugs, you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, but no, I remember our house. Like, we had, like, this white stone house. It was, like, if you imagine, like, in the Caribbean, like, stone houses that mm -hmm. are white. It looked mm -hmm. like that. And I remember we had a dog named Pimple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, like, a golden retriever. Uh, we had, like, a gate. Like, everyone had a gate. And so you had you, a person you, who manned the gate. You had a lot of gates. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of gates. Um, also, I remember, this one memory I have is, like, my mom coming out of the bathroom, and there was a snake in the house. Mm. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, that looks pretty. And then she screamed. And then the dude from the gate came and took an, um, the end of an umbrella and, like, hit its head off. The snake, he hit it so hard, the snake's head popped off. I remember being like, what the fuck? <laughs> being a kid is so crazy. Yeah. Like, you just, like, stuff, you, oh, I guess that's a thing that I happens that's in the thing. world. Yeah. <laughs> they used to, oh, also, I was in school then, too, even though I was, like, three, four. Mm -hmm. But I remember, like, they could spank us. Like not hard, but we being like I remember coming to America and then people being like, No, they can't they can't spank you. Like that's not oh, okay. I, I love the 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 idea of the meeting where they're like, Okay, we can spank you. There's a level to how like, <laughs> exactly, we're not yeah. we're, let's be Don't reasonable. Don't kill here. her, <laughs> yeah. but anything we can Actually my, my mom did transfer me to a, uh this 
Christian school for like half of fourth grade. One yeah, time. that was like yeah, they no. did that. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't get spanked. Like it would have been a, it would have been a whole a whole nother problem. Yeah, yeah I went to evangelical private school. Yeah, I remember for like just like going in like for like the meeting like of if we're gonna accept this guy, wow. um, and they were like, yeah, and, and we so do spank you know, here and blah. blah, blah. I'm like, spank what here. the. Y'all got me twisted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like well, well, really this way, you know, y'all crazy. Yeah, that's uh, insane. But I want to uh, also, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because of yesterday. Like, we're starting real deep. And yeah. I, I want to get to the funny. Yeah. Uh, but but I've, I've heard a few, like, friends who either have parents mm-hmm. who, um, who, who are from the continent or first generation or immigrated themselves yeah. talk about that experience of, like, coming into like black communities and, yeah. and being otherized and so like it just it's just like a lesson when i sh- when we have these conversations of like the global nature of anti-blackness yeah, yeah. And how like black people internalize it so mm-hmm. it, i, I want to know if you you felt the pull because what, what i was just having this conversation last night of like it's really weird because obviously here there's that african booty scratcher like go yeah. back like, you know you black as dirt thing yeah. and then it's also like the 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 African image of what we call African Americans, right? Right, right, like right, right, right. The BET. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's negative too. Yeah. Each other, right. And right. Like, at what point did you go past like, oh, I'm just going to assimilate to survive and like understanding, like, how deep that was, right? Like, oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. And start well, to like negotiate and like rationalize. Yeah, that. I definitely like. It definitely was like a very scarring thing and like mm. the more I think about it now like the more and more the more distance I get from that the more mm. I realize how like yeah because I, I I literally pretended to not be African the rest like to the point where I convinced myself mm. like I remember I dated this dude I was like uh and I remember him yeah that's when it like hit me as I was starting college and I remember this dude talking to me about his brother and he was like yeah because they were not Ghana, but Guyana. They're Guyanese, I think that's how you say it. But he was talking about how his brother, whenever people would come home over to the house, would hide everything that would let people know they were Guyanese. And he was like, and he's so ashamed of it, and he doesn't tell about parents, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's so awful. Oh, I do that. Like, <laughs> And then it was like realizing, and I remember the first time I told people, like I talk about it a lot now and it's mm-hmm. intentional just because like I remember the first time I told someone, like one of my best friends at the time that I was Rwandan, feeling like they would not talk to me. Like they mm. would be like, "Oh, you're gross." Like mm. they would be like, "Oh, I'm almost not gonna like be friends a, with you." And it's like, of course not that didn't happen. But yeah, almost like a, a, a coming out of the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was kind of like I but... thought I was telling them something really offensive. <laughs> and if they, I mean, I'm sure pe- people. I mean, the people I hung out with definitely had like, they would say little comments about Africans, and it would be like inappropriate or mm. like rude. Or they're yeah, starving people in Africa. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't date African dudes. Like they're this, that, and the third. It's like it's a continent. Like yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> Did you know it's you're a continent? Eliminating a large yeah, like the, you're from that. Like, what are you talking about? But yeah, it was just like I just had that realization of like, wow, it was so embedded in me hating myself and hating that part of myself that I like buried it and like convinced myself that I wasn't um, Rwandan. And then like I felt guilty too because like so many people died in the genocide, and I felt like. I was desecrating them. Yeah, I'm a survivor. I like got out. Like there's a there could my dad could have been like, oh, we'll just build a life here in Rwanda. And my so it was between the Hutus and the Tutsis, and my family's Tutsi. So we definitely like yeah, that's like my grandmother was like killed with like machetes. Like it was awful. Mm, So like that could have happened. And then when I realized like oh my god, I've spent like a large chunk of my life doing that. I felt awful. Like I was. 
yeah, desecrating the memory of people who died. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You ever talk, not specifically about that piece, but just about that process and that wrestling on stage? No. Um, <laughs> it's very interesting. I, I encourage yeah. you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, depending, I think that this is the hard thing. This is the thing about comedy, right? And you'll, I'm also not a comic, but like. Yeah. The, the different rooms and knowing them. I don't know. That's I, I could imagine that being a tricky thing to tackle. Yeah, what it is is like, so um, I definitely talk about like how people will be like, if I ever mention Rwanda, they'll be like, oh, like Hotel Rwanda. Like that's the first movie. Mm-hmm. That's all people know about mm-hmm. it. And I remember sitting with my friend who's Somali once and then he, him saying that to me and I was like, <laughs> bruh, really? You? <laughs> um, but no, I think for me, most of the comedy I do is about like painful things or mm. things that bother me or yeah. something not like and just turning it around like mm. I've been talking about like depression a lot lately and suicidal thoughts and being on medication so like I do delve into that I just I haven't processed that whole thing enough I guess to have like a bit that's funny first because I see a lot of people that will do comedy and it's really just therapy yeah. and it's like if this isn't funny you shouldn't be doing it. Like, right. you can't. Like, there's yeah, other venues other for this. Forms, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You Go do write some poems. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 so I don't know if you know, my father's a comedian. Oh, really? Uh, Who's yeah. your dad? Uh, Damon Williams. Is, Whoa. Yeah. So, so like, I, I really love the craft. I'm sorry, and the, what? You can't just be like, so my, I don't know if you know that, <laughs> my dad is, like, one of the biggest comedians of the last 20 years. Like, that, uh, Damon? Uh, yeah, you, You're uh, a Williams? I am. I am indeed everywhere. A, yeah, it's like the most. I don't know. There was okay. somebody who owned a really big field at some point because there are a bunch of Williams yeah, all yeah. over the place. That's <laughs> but, so crazy. But but but, yeah, but 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 that's awesome. But real quick, and also my last name shouldn't be Williams, but that's a crazy family tree. <laughs> but but I I really want to understand you not, not like do the joke here, but I yeah. want to know like the angle or the way that you humorize that what you were talking about in terms of like mental health and depression. And, oh well, like I just talked about like. So part of it is, like, um, I talk about, like, my parents don't understand, like, depression. A lot of, like, immigrants are like, it was so hard for us to get here. You know what I mean? Like, my mm-hmm. mom has had most of her family die, genocide. Right. Like, she's the been in abusive relationships. So much trauma, right. Yeah, yeah. My dad, even though he grew up here when he was, like, seven, he went into the ocean and, like, a wave, a huge wave came and they thought he was dead mm. and the coroner came like he was they his aunt luckily was like I think no I think I hear a heartbeat but like they thought he was dead mm. like oh, massive things so like when I call my mom and I'm like I feel sad <laughs> like, they don't understand <laughs> yeah. and like part of it is like I feel like my mom must be like my whole family's dead like yeah. scream at me Um, but then I just I just like I went to a psychiatrist and he asked me like a series of like really weird questions and it was like an awkward most of all I've had like I've seen like three people and they have all been weird in different ways but mm-hmm. this dude was like really dressed up like had he looked like you know when people go to like club and they're like what should you wear it was like button down like, <laughs> wide leg jeans like yeah. suede high boots like <laughs> you know you like that was him bald head Drenched like cologne I'm yeah a like little like, goatee yeah. light like, skin like yeah. all of the things like, and the, i was like this the is downtown the... club girl. yeah like, exactly the, the like worst. this is the dude you know what i mean like <laughs> so funny yeah so he was like he asked me a question like um are you in a relationship i was like yeah he's like boyfriend i was like yeah he was like oh do you love him and i was like what <laughs> so it was just like so much and then also so he asked you, you exactly, exactly. <laughs> same questions. I mean, how yeah. much do you love him? You know what I mean? Like, like you're getting catcalled in the street. Uh, and then another thing he said, like, was um, when I he asked me if I had suicidal thoughts, which I was like, yeah, of course. Like, you're so expensive. Of course I do. Um, and he was like, uh, 
why do you think you haven't acted on those? And I was talking about my family, friends. And I said, just offhand, like, I feel like suicide is something that's really hard to go through with. Like, you might feel suicidal, but it's hard to go actually commit to doing it. And then he was like, not if you're determined. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, he really said that. People, and when I tell that joke, people are like, mm. I'm like, no, he said, not if you're determined. Wrote down something and then continued. Like, I'm like, you know what your job is to like stop me. I like he just put determinant determination in big capital letters. Exactly. Like, we got something to work on. He's like, uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not fond of quitters. No. <laughs> now I got want to write a suicide note and just thank him for believing in me. You know, like <laughs> so that's just basically the joke is just that and like injecting like punchlines and of yeah. like yeah. But it doesn't even occur to me. Like people will say that to me. Like, oh, I feel like you talk about things that are like. Um, depressing or hard like race whatever but it doesn't even occur like I never set out to be like I'm gonna be the type of comedian that talks about the issues yeah exactly (laughs) like this is a politics hour like I just talk about things that matter that's what we do that's our job exactly (laughs) Thursdays at New Era Radio politics hour Um, but so you but to that point you mentioned there's like the version where you talk about that stuff and it's not funny and there's also the other side and this is like a little hack because this gets talked about all the time but like yeah uh the the folks who do jokes that are like objectively technically funny yeah yeah, yeah. but who was it described it as like a it's just dudes doing jokes about their xbox oh yeah 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 yeah. it's like right masturbation like women are the worst (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's a lot of dudes like (laughs) so i ate a burger right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, what's the deal with burgers yeah yeah Yeah, exactly so men do this yeah yeah but women women be doing this the thing i hate the most though and i this is an insane thing that i've noticed since i started is like the like this into every open mic exactly (laughs) i'll get banned uh Black nerds, a lot of them, not every, but a lot of like, you know, male black nerds, like the typical, like, yeah. I feel like you would be considered, you know what I mean? Like a black oh, person man. that's not like I didn't what know. society <laughs> thinks. Shots fired. Bro. You don't yeah, even yeah. have to be a nerd. But no, I, get I put myself saying. in that no, place. I get what you're saying. You're not, you don't, like, saying. it's just this box to put us where it's like, yeah. oh, well, they don't belong on BT or they could yeah. be, but then it'd be like, what are you doing here? Like, you know what I <laughs> mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. a well rounded, well rounded. That sounds judgmental. But the point is, a lot of these dudes will have jokes about dating white women like oh, yeah. and hating black girls oh yeah that's like the that. other trope that i didn't expect like i expected mm. the like relationships gross da, 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 da. what's the deal with masturbation but like black, black dudes crazy. being like black girls are gross but i date white women <laughs> it's like, what all and the time is that yeah. in a i mean i guess it depends on which room but if i feel like most of that's probably mostly to a white crowd a lot of the time, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. So absolutely. then you're sitting there on the like, south side, but that's the thing too. The city is so segregated; right. even the comedy scene is segregated. Right. So let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit about that because you're in rooms all over the place. I've seen yeah. you a, a few times. What's like? What would you say are like the Chicago archetypes of room, like comedy rooms? Or, yeah. And, and what's like your in, in, in Sonia's dream room, what, what's your dream comedy room? Um, well, the rooms I so I moved here to and I moved to the north side. It was like five years ago. Um, so I was it's like in DC, it's too small for you to be like, I only live here, I only go there. Like, you know DC, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's like how the loop everyone goes to the loop, like most of DC is like that. It's just like it's just the more diverse. Um, but like here, so I moved to the north side, so I started doing comedy on the north side. Right. And then at some point, um, I had people who were doing shows on the south side be like, oh, you want to come to Jokes Notes, which is like, they just closed, R. but R. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like one of the best rooms in the city. Um, but then it was like getting down there. Like, I'm not going to, 
I'm in DC. Like, if you take a train ride for more than thirty minutes, that's insane, right? But here, it's like normal. Yeah. But like, I just wasn't going out of my way to go down there. I was just like, I'm just gonna tell jokes. There's a my open mic by my house. Like, I'm doing this for free, whatever. But then people would judge me, like, oh, like y'all are the black side, like north side black yeah. tokens. Right, right. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And it's like it's not intentional. Right. I just I just live up here. <laughs> I live up here, and the people I know do the rooms up here. So it's all word of mouth or like and. Also, like, I feel like a lot of the publications up here kind of ignore the South Side a lot, and that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would like to help that, but I don't know how to, you know what I mean? Like, first year, barely <laughs> writing yeah, no, jokes. And as, yeah. a, and as a transplant also, like, yeah. you, you get that messaging so fast of, like, here are the invisible lines that you right. don't cross. Right. You're, and you're, like, trying to scramble. Uh, and I'm, this is a trans. We haven't had that many folks who aren't from here on the show. So I do yeah. think it's interesting. It's, like, especially for people creating things. Right, right. Like, learning how to... Like create, uh, not create an expansive bubble that gets mm-hmm. you into different rooms and different corners of the city right. is really, really hard. Because you're like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out how to be a human in right, this right, place exactly. that I've yeah, never been in yeah. and lived in before. Yeah, it was is is weird, but um, I don't know. I feel like when I I've been to New York and like the rooms I've been to rooms where it's like. People can openly like I, I, so. I did a Brian Babylon has a show, mm-hmm. uh, or he had him before he li- moved in Bronzeville, and it was like this show that was like very diverse, and that was like a dope room. But then I would still see like bl- white comedians like turning on their like black voice, like talking yeah. in ways where I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, you don't talk like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk like that. Or like I've seen like white comedians go to like or black comedians from the South Side who are amazing go to, like, Zanies mm-hmm. uh, on the North Side, and then they'll be, like, doing, like, their material but watered down. And I'm mm-hmm. like... But then when I was in New York um, this last time, I remember seeing black comedians that you'd be like, oh, they perform in, quote-unquote, urban rooms. Or right. white comedians were like, oh. Like, everyone was just themselves, yeah. and the audience was there for that. Like, maybe you don't like them, maybe you don't, but, like, no one feels like they have to put on a facade or be someone they're not because of where they are. Yeah, unfortunately, we moved <laughs> to the most segregated city in America. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I did not like, know that. Yeah, right. I moved to Lakeview. I didn't know that, and, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I lived here the whole time. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, everybody don't look like Everybody. This yeah, I moved to Lakeview, <laughs> and every day was, like, like suburban like they not suburban they look suburban like white people with like strollers and stuff just like the yuppiest yeah and I was like every time I would see a black person I wanted to be like yo Yo, where are you going or like just even a cool looking white person just somebody (laughs) like you have a piercing can I follow you (laughs) and then I like then I started leaving my neighborhood and being like oh thank god like I remember the first time I went to the loop going into a McDonald's and seeing this black kid and like a sea of black kids I was like oh my god like it's not all like this but I really thought that i was like this is i made a mistake yeah exactly yeah (laughs) this is not what i've been seeing yeah yeah yeah. i was like i thought yeah but to that to that point of the like changing comedic voice depending on the room i also think like we've been talking specifically in a race context i do think Mm -hmm. that's part of like how i've heard comedians talk about it too it's like when you go on the road you do your act differently you might be the same bits but you're yeah yeah, yeah. differently and that is kind of like looked at as a like as a skill almost yeah. in comedy um i want and i do wonder like what does that do to sense of self like i can yeah. see how that would be helpful for art mm-hmm. but if you're constantly like be like how do i reflect the voice that folks want me to hear yeah 
I can imagine that that would carry off stage. Too. Yeah, and I mean, I don't do that. Yeah. The only thing I've ever done is maybe I'll change like a reference. I did that once, and I was like, why am I assuming these people know? Like, I have a joke where I mentioned Noam Chomsky mm-hmm. instead. I said like WB. Like, yeah. and I was like, why am I assuming they don't know who Noam Chomsky is? <laughs> like, why is High Park? Like, but it's I think like. I remember when I first started, there's this comedian called Kyle Kinane, and he's from here, mm-hmm. and he's, like, big now. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, when they were doing it here, this is, like, what, he was here, like, eight years ago, something like that. And when they were, or maybe ten. Uh, like, the, like, a little bit like Lion's Head. That, yeah, that exactly. Show. Yeah, that group. Like, the first generation Steve of Holmes Chicago. Right, right. Hannibal Burris, yeah. All those people. And he was talking about, like, they were all deciding, like should I go on the road and, like, go to all these random small towns where I can't necessarily tell the jokes that work here in Chicago and I got to water it down for, you know, people in such and such Indiana who maybe not, you know. And then he was like, or I can just keep doing what I want to do and move to a coast. And I think that's what decision a lot of people make. And, not like, for me, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to a coast. I'm going to go to New York. Very soon. Yeah, yeah. Very soon. August 1st. Yeah. Man, how are you feeling about it? Uh, Terrified, actually. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My first month here was, like, one of the most miserable of my life like I but this is better like now I have friends and like people I know but like when I moved here I didn't know anybody so it was like I want to when did you when did you first get on stage uh 2011 and that was before after you November oh well so I moved okay so I uh when I before I moved here I had a friend who casually like I moved here because I was kind of like trying to like decide what I was gonna do um, and I had a friend who casually was like, you should do stand-up. You're funny. You should do stand-up. And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm going to have a stand-up show. You should do it. <laughs> and then I was like, no, 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 no. But then I once he put it in my head, and I didn't have a, a job the month before I moved here, so I was just writing every day. Mm. And then when I got to Chicago, I had, like, a notebook full of jokes. So then, like, but then it took me another, like, two weeks to, like, build up the courage yeah. to do it. And then, yeah, I just started since then. I feel like I've never met a comedian that keeps doing comedy who didn't start from saying my friends told me to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, anybody who's like, you know what? I'm going to be a comedian. Like, does it? <laughs> yeah, there are different types of people. Rarely make it, right? Yeah. Unless you're like Eddie Murphy or some shit. Like, right, unless you right, grew right. up doing it, but like somebody who's just like 27. Yeah, yeah, or, like yeah. them themselves independent. Like, you know what? I'm you really know funny. What? I'm just, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. It's like I, always I tickle my own funny bone. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah, see yeah. if this works. But <laughs> I run an open mic and we meet all types of characters. Like, people, a lot yeah, of people who are starting their first time. And what we found is like the people who are chill about it and kind of don't want to talk to you, they just want to be like, hey, um, what number? Okay, sorry. First, are the funny people, right. or versus the people who are like, <laughs> yeah, I should be earlier because my friends think I'm so funny, I'm yeah. so good. Like, and they keep checking in with you, like, yeah. what number are we at? Because the mic I run is at Coles mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, and we put up like sixty people, so it's like nine thirty to like Jeez, almost two a.m. Yeah, 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 and you're there the whole the whole. Well, that me and my, my friend Rebecca O'Neill do it. Sounds borderline excruciating. Oh, it's. <laughs> it's, it's why why do you have 60 people at an open mic because oh, it's popular well because <laughs> exactly well no it's popular but i mean shout out to the open mic I'm, i don't want to shout out no everyone will you know, know. like so what it is is like uh it's it's a, one of the few open mics where regular people come so you're not a lot of open mics you're performing is just comedians and it's like why exactly yeah, yeah or it's like and it's empty and it's like 12 people yeah exactly but coles so it was started by um this this girl named Cameron Esposito. Yeah. yeah, she's like a big deal now. Um, she so when I started, I was like five, six months in, and they asked me if I wanted to host it, and I was like, no, I think that's a mistake. I don't know why, but yeah, but like they were like, 
they wanted someone who's new. And like the person I'm passing it off to, she's also super new and excited and driven and motivated, all that stuff. So what it is, is like they cultivated a room that was supportive where comics felt like they could be, you know, like we, if somebody's talking or heckling you, we'll kick them out. We'll tell them to shush. Like it's very supportive. And also the crowd, um, Coleman Bryce, who owns that bar, like lets us give out drinks to people. It's just a good room. So it has a history of that. So like a lot of people will come. But like at the same time, a lot of comics will get mad at us because like it's a long haul. I would come when I first started, I would come at 530 when the bar opened and me and my friends would hang out (laughs) until like 1030, 11 o'clock and get four minutes because the mic starts at 930. So we'd wait for hours just hanging out, talking to each other. Then we get four minutes at 1030, 11 o'clock. And that was it. And then you did it again next week. And so when people come to us and complain, like I've been here two hours, I'm like, or I used to wait four hours because that's what it is. The first year or two, you're just paying dues and it's right. it's supposed to be awful, but it's not because it's like. Unless you can bribe the open mic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I mean, people. Actually, I did one. Some <laughs> this kid bought me a. Uh, you remember when John Oliver was doing like the that red has a make Donald Trump yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. I posted on Facebook. I was like drunk, and I was like, if somebody buys me this, I'll bump them for life. And then somebody bought it for me, so I bump him. That's the one bribe I took. That seems fair. He- and that means he was, like, connecting to your social media presence. Exactly. Like, he, he was in there, like, yeah. you know, and I wore it once, and now I bump him all the time. My, my pops was definitely, like, bribing to get get on the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, too, is, like, Southside is a little different, too. Like, oh, I can only speak to Jokes and Notes is open mic. Mary, the owner, would come out. And you be in a lot intense, intense, She's and be like, I, I. She would come up to my. This one dude was like, she was like, how long have you been doing stand up? He was like, oh, six weeks. She was like, nope. Next, like was wow. like, you're not going up. Yeah. And like, would just go by and be like, how long have you been? Okay, all right, you're in, you're in, you're not, you're not. And like, they would play you off. Like, yeah, she's, she's really. But this is this is like some classic stuff. That this is like you hear stories about like Mitzi at the counter. Like this is yeah, like how that that's who she works. is. Yeah, yeah, just very like, cause it's different. Like that, the mic we have, it's free. Yeah. We're giving out beer. It's very chill. Like, jokes knows people pay $5. They get dressed up. It's a show to them. Yeah. Well, this is so what like, I heard Little Rel talk about. Like, so he ran that open mic or was the host of that yeah. open mic. And yeah. he saw, like, people lining up, like, down. Like, people would come to that, like, a show. Not yeah, like yeah. Kind of like what you're talking. And you mentioned Cameron. I think this is, I just, I'm really into this stuff. I think, like, the space making that she did here is really interesting. And it's had mm-hmm. an impact. Yeah. So she, between that, and she also started this, uh, it was a comedy class specifically for women, mm-hmm. and it's still going. Um, uh, a friend took that class. Anyway, I just think that's like that is things that now are ten plus years. Air in quote, a friend. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. A friend. What 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 week we're gonna really get to kiss his love? Like, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting. Is she that's, funny? <laughs> she, oh, no. oh Lord. Have you gone? Did so you go rare. to one of her shows? So rare right is, now. Yeah, so, oh, you are. Oh, Wait, like, did you go to her show? Her show show. She did not want me to go. Oh, I see it. I invited the first time I did improv. I invited a a friend. Oh no! The Uh, first time you did improv? Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't even improv. It was sketch. I wasn't thinking. I just was like, (laughs) "This is a fun thing." I'd never done funny on stage. I'd done like some plays, and the dude came right. Oh my god! He came with his one, his judgmental friend. It's like one of the friends who'd be like, "I only listen to music on vinyl because (laughs) that's how best way." Like that type of person. And I come out, and I felt weird about it. Like it wasn't good. There was barely anyone in the audience. But like, I walk up to him and he's like, "Hey, so are we going to the bar afterwards?" Like, no, like, no, good job, or this was fun, yeah. or just anything. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, maybe he just doesn't compliment people." At the bar later, with all other cast oh, members, no. he turns to a dude, and goes, "Yo, you were the best person in this show. Oh my that's god, so, oh, so good." Terrible. I'm just sitting there like, "Oh, 
like really? Uh, uh, man, he didn't even have like the heart to like lie, you know, like lie, or just say, like, "Hey, this was great." We discouraged lying too much. He yeah, or just been like, "Hey, I'm proud that you did this," or "Good for you." Yeah. Congratulations! That could mean anything. At least you didn't do the "Hey, I saw you out there." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better than <laughs> silence. Hey, Can you imagine I that? Didn't see you you do there. a thing <laughs> that is very uncomfortable for you. Everyone else on the show too has been doing improv for like years. They're all right. older, and like come out and he's like, mm. "Hey." <laughs> So, like, and it was that, just yeah. silence and discomfort, like, <laughs> oh my God, I'd rather you be like, that was awful, yeah, like, than just y'all, uh, it was the worst. That's brutal. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to What's his uh, full name? Johnny phone Carson. <laughs> <laughs> That's his real name, though. <laughs> Are you shout serious? Out, shout yeah. out to Johnny. You know what that shout means? out to so Johnny. I'm coordinating, like I said, the poetry block party thing, and one of the organizations that we have uh, coming, this is a tangent, but the, the like, lead point of contact his name is Robert Moses. Do you know who Robert Moses was? He like built the Cross Bronx Expressway, like fucked up New York oh, really I bad. Yeah. I'm like, that oh, would yeah, be a rough there. name to have walking through the world. But yeah. Johnny Carson would be a little bit better to have. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah. He didn't have to go by Johnny. He could have gone by could've John. Could have gone by John. Jonathan. Nope. So Jay. Oh, just he lives in California now, so there's a very slim chance he'll listen to this. Yeah, check the podcast. No, but you know Johnny. what? I had a vind- vindicated moment, right? Mm-hmm. You're so, an asshole, Johnny. Yeah, That's what I want you to know. Worse. So no, but I so I come back to DC, right? <laughs> I've been doing stand up at this point for like two and a half years. So I've been doing it five. So at this point, I've been doing it not five, four and a half. Anyway, the point is, I come in back to DC two years later, right after this incident. I had moved. Like I did that improv show a month later. I was gone. Right. He still lives in D.C. I come back home for Christmas and I get a bunch of shows. I post it on the Internet like whoever wants to come. He messages me like, y'all, I'm trying to come. And I'm like, really? Really? But I'd been cool about it. Like, I'm much better with dealing with confrontation. Like, we broke up in a bad way. But like, I had never told him why that was like, it was just weird after a while and whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, whatever. Come to the show. So he comes and then I have a great set. Like a great set. I killed. And I come out and he's like, Wow, that was so good. Oh my God, you were so funny. Da da da. I'm like, Really? So we get drunk. He's like buying, um, there's a beer. I forgot what it's called, but it like it's like fifteen percent or something crazy like that. Uh but anyway, drunk. And I'm like, Do you remember that time? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I thought I thought I told you that you were funny. I was like, no. He was like, it was kind of bad though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> so I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. brutal. Brutal. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find him on Facebook. Let's find him. Go to my page, then, John Carson. And now and he's then, a much, he's oh, an adult. He's, he, he's mature. He, he's in San Francisco now, so no more of that. I'm going to invite him to an improv show. I'm going to create a <laughs> fake improv show. Invite him so he can just show up and it'll be just him. <laughs> just him and there. <laughs> and we'll be like, mm, yeah, sorry. It'll, it'll, it's like that night. What does he do? I'm going to go. And like not he, uh, compliment him. He's he's in getting a master's in like psych- psychology. We're gonna go heckle your class. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like boo, Freud sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the, one, one of the times that I've seen you perform, <laughs> we're gonna do that hard transition. Um, <laughs> um, was with the well, you, mean you don't have a, a Freudian segue. <laughs> yeah. So if Freud said that uh, the right, second city Afrofuturism show was really strong. Yes, yes, um, yes, no, yes. So yes, I saw yes. you performing in that, which I know the the run on that just yeah. ended. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How was that show for you? What were the strong parts? What was tricky about it? Yeah, and what was it for people who don't know? Yeah. About it? So Second City uh, is one of the whitest institutions in America. But they know that. That's, um, it's the slogan, correct? Yeah, exactly. We're white, uh, just like Tina Fey. No, it's great. So I, 
<laughs> but second city. Wait, ten, Tina Fey? No, no, <laughs> yeah, she's white. Uh, quarter Indian? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded offensive. Uh, but so yeah, so Felonious Monk and Dave Hellum. Shout out, yeah, Ergo alum. Yeah, he's great. So they were. Um, so second city decided to do a showcase for BET. That was like uh, diversity. They're like, shit, yeah. we got to get some black people. <laughs> Let's get some black people here. Uh, so Felonius and Dave were asked to do that. And then later, that showcase went so well. It was like at 5 p.m., but it was like sold out. So that was so well that they were like, let's expand this into a show. So then they were like, let's do a show called Afrofuturism. And it's basically a show where it's like sketch, stand-up, um, music, improv even now, where it's like everyone's African-American except for like a few people. But like it's it's... The way I would describe it is, like, there's a lot of diversity showcases that are like, please hire this black person. Like, mm. can you please give them a chance, these safe black people? Here's your affirmative Exactly. Here's on. your affirmative. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to this, which is like, this is a black show, yeah. and hopefully you're into it. And if you're not, that's cool, because we're black and we're into it. Like, it's just us being black and talking about issues. But, like, in the same way, like, there's Shantira Jackson, who's one of, just amazing. She does, like, an amazing poet poem about um, Flint. But then you also have, like, Dave doing jokes about teaching on the South Side. Like, so it's, like, it's also, like, black people are a spectrum. Like, we're not all one thing. Right, right. Like, um, so anyway, they were looking for a female stand-up. So then they got me into it. And I've been doing that, like, the last three months. And it's been great. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's such a, like, people always come to the show and they're like, this is so important. And it feels like that. Like, it genuinely feels like this is, they should have more stuff like this and it shouldn't have to be like an amazing thing. I mean, it's a great show, but it shouldn't have to be like, wow, a show with all yeah. black people. Yeah. Like, you know? Does it feel, ever, like uh, we talk a lot about the the white gaze up here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever, like, I just can imagine who sits in the audience at Second City and I got to see it at the promontory, which y'all talked about from the stage, how different that felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, weird. Yeah, like what, uh, were, were there any tensions for you in figuring out, not like in your act specifically, but yeah. like, we are presenting here is this whole like package thing because it's one thing when it's just you getting up and doing your act yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. comic but this is like this package thing that's like, yeah here you go you can come in from skokie right 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 um well we've definitely had people walk out like one like a few weeks ago there was this old white couple in the front dude had like a cane mm-hmm. and after act one peace like he was done like get a monocle as well <laughs> exactly yeah it was like i'm white um <laughs> but yeah like we've had this man walked out once like because the thing is people come to second city and they expect a thing so right. sometimes people just wander just into the show the street, yeah. Yeah, and they don't pay attention to the fact that it's called afrofuturism and then they see us and they're like this is not what i expected like this one dude like called us inwards as he walked out like mm, second yeah. like inwards ruin everything that's like, a tough heckle yeah exactly but no he didn't yell it to us he was like muttering it on his way out and the hostess heard and told us yeah. but like we've definitely had i mean the vast majority 99 yeah. percent, everyone's like on board loves it but like there are a few people and you can see it like people who are uncomfortable with being called out Having like, because it's, it's like I said, it's like this is a black show and we're not going to sugarcoat it and make it okay for you yeah. to accept it. Is it ever uncomfortable, even? And kind of, I think kind of to I don't what know Dan why was saying. Fishing for discomfort, but it, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, it, it is not, like, not, not, not uncomfortable, but like, I guess what we're, we're trying to wrestle with is that like, even when they're enjoying it. Yeah. Right? Does that become oh, something that you wrestle with, right? Like, like yeah, not, yeah. not just like the, the like, old 1960s movie big right you know like every year there's like a movie about like 
Jesse Owens or yeah. Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, always that like all that shit race. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's Get always there's always the movie of like ah you can't you can't swim here yeah, ah yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. run here yeah. ah you can't play football here yeah. like yeah like you can't play checkers here. <laughs> besides, yeah. besides like besides like those mm. encounters right like the like enjoying like there's also a long history of like a white audience coming to enjoy yeah like black entertainment on the stage even though For sure. even though y'all are dope right like right how do you how do you ever have to wrestle with that or confront that in any way yeah i mean i feel like a lot of black people like uh you deal with like or people of color women you will try to like not make people uncomfortable not make mm -hmm. white people uncomfortable mm -hmm. like and be con like cognizant of like not like if somebody offends me if i'm angry i have to first check myself like will mm -hmm. i be an angry black woman will i be so like yeah with the show there is like sometimes where we're like do you because the thing is if you make people too uncomfortable then they won't hear the message so there is like a fine line you have to walk between like I want this to be said and I don't want to like make it easy for you to accept but and but also I don't you're want it audience. to be yeah you're yeah. my audience like this is we're not going to pretend like when we did promontory like we were so excited to do that in the first act we the laughs were weird and we were like oh my god are we not funny to black people we're going to have to kill ourselves <laughs> and then I, the second act they were like oh they got it and they were on board but I think they were like what is this is yeah. I thought is this is a musical like what are y'all doing but it was like we we 100% want people color to be on board but then also like second city is a white institution and we want white people to like also be like you know what i came from this well i got something from it yeah yeah so to that to that point of like this is what we do and we hope you can enjoy it yeah but um so I, on my way here i was listening to i'm a i'm a big podcast guy damon's never listened to a podcast even ours. i love podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> but i was listening to another round which if i love another round it's the best. Feed, yeah yeah it's the best uh it's two like black girls the why i it, they are the best model i think of what we're trying to do mm -hmm. just because their conversations are incredible so listeners go check out another round mm -hmm. um tell them that we sent them yeah. that we sent you so <laughs> hopefully they'll know oh my god up. you guys should submit your podcast to their thingy to, yeah we absolutely yeah. should i've been working on that yeah. Uh, anyway. But they were talking about Martin because they, they had to shoot. Oh, an love! Today. Yeah, yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting example of kind of what we're talking about, right? It was mm -hmm. like that is a beloved show yeah. across the board that has like like it worked. It had stood the test of time, uh, and there are like whether it's the references or just the tones or even like the physicality of it. Like when you were talking about that like discomfort thing, like I remember hearing Chappelle talk about when he's around white folks, like literally just moving slower. Like yeah like you won't reach for something yeah as fast, you know? and the physicality of that show it was like unapologetic in a really mm -hmm. interesting way mm -hmm. um and i know from watching you on stage like your physicality is incredible it's a huge <laughs> part of what you do <laughs> yeah um how did was there any process of becoming comfortable with uh, beyond just like the performance part yeah. of being on stage but in terms of using your body and working that in and, yeah. and what kind of helped you feel more comfortable with that um, well, I took classes at Second City when I first started, mm -hmm. um, just because I feel like that's what everyone has to do. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, it helped me a lot because I didn't have any friends, and that was the only time I like hung out <laughs> with people and talked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was like the more comfortable I get on stage, the more things I do, and it's none of none of the physicality or any of that is like intentional. It's just like. I feel like this is gonna sound so pretentious, but uh, I feel like I, I get in a zone of what I want to do, and like a lot of like the voices or just the delivery and all that, it just comes with more time and just being more comfortable. And that's just for me. Like even now, I'm talking with my hands, and I can't not do that. Yeah, like, you've been I'm like very, fruit <laughs> exactly, the whole like episode. It's hitting the mic every other <laughs> second. Um, 
But yeah, like I, I think just being comfortable. I also it's gonna sound bad, but I do. Dr- I have a drink before I go up too, mm-hmm. just because it's like there's so much going on. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm judging you. Are you really? <laughs> from this point forward? With Damon too. You had, no. you had a drink, <laughs> a drink or five. No, uh, um, I also have a drink before my show every 11:45 at the Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am drunk like, right now. Currently, wow. the podcast would really change if that. Would I'm be actually super for. How do you feel if we were to have offered you like? Oh, 100 hey, uh, percent would be a Yes. I, th- I I'm thinking okay. it's I think it is about that in. time to like have that as an option. You should you like because it's just like you're cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll be in charge of booze. I'll come <laughs> every week. Uh, we'll have a budget for it. But no, because it is a thing where too where it's like there's a point where you get too drunk and then it's sloppy yeah. and it's not good. And I had to test that. And sometimes I still <laughs> test that. <laughs> but just be like I think for me the most important thing is like not being nervous and like being like present. And that's hard to do when you do a show. Like, sometimes shows don't go well or audiences. You always will find the one person who's not enjoying it. I remember doing a show <laughs> once, 150 people. And there was a dude in the back with a NASCAR jersey, which I didn't even know they made those. <laughs> yeah. And he was standing with his arms folded. And I focused on him the whole time. And people kept telling me it was good. And I was like, no. Because him, like, I just right, yeah. could not stop looking at right. him. And everyone around him was laughing. And that's the <laughs> thing, too. Like, you'll have a set and you'll mess up one line. And you'll be like that line everyone knows and people I have to actively when people go good set not tell them why it wasn't yeah. but that yeah, one yeah. line exactly though, like right? minute two and a half right did you catch that because people I'm are weirded out videotape exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me play my set for you <laughs> and they're like uh, I just want to say yeah, bye yeah, like you're so uncomfortable talk. like I don't want to talk to you about your life like get out of here um, cool so we're running out of time before we get out of here I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to bring back a couple of the games that I think we should do beef with a yeah 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 absolutely I think it it's you know we talk about politics here a lot we opened up talking about uh movement work and and and, and, you know (laughs) opposing the state and all that and so we do a lot of uh public service but but the greatest service that we do here at ergo radio is centered around accountability there's a there's a sect of the world yeah um who i like to say has run amok okay (laughs) Um, and and i think it's because like for a few generations now, nobody's held them accountable right. in the way that other people get held accountable. Yeah. And so who I'm talking about is R&B singers. Oh. So the God, game yes. that we're about to play is called Beef with the R&B singer, right? Like think about okay. it. If a rapper just came out and like did something super whack, yeah, yeah. it would be like all types of things, yeah, right? Yeah, like everybody. Yeah, yeah. If an actor was like, he gets like barred from Hollywood, right, right, right. Like like people still won't hire Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like R&B singers, they just yeah, can just yeah. hit a tune and then all we forget. So yeah, yeah, yeah. every week we try if we have the time um to invite our guests to start beef with an r&b singer or oh i know immediately from motown oh go ahead we don't even have r to. kelly oh yeah absolutely he's he's, he's the, patron, the patron saint of this game well we can do i can do someone else's you have so you have like a specific besides the obvious of he's just like oh just no so, so aside from r kelly being a child rapist yeah. uh r kelly is like his music is so dumb. Like, it, the, I love it, but like, it if you sit and listen to the he, words, yeah. also that like, uh, the trapped in the closet. Yeah. yeah, that also recently he had an album called Black Panties out. Right. Uh, no like, one liked him. Yeah. No one liked it. But he went online and posted a video like, "Black people, I don't understand why y'all aren't supporting each other. This is what's wrong with us." I'm like, "You're raping <laughs> you're, our you're, girls. You're you're, you're, you're our yeah, girls. but and you're already rich. Like, already we, rich. We've but supported he was really you for like hot decades. about it. <laughs> also, he was by so supporting hot. each other, he means supporting him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it really was like he was talking about the movement. The movement is by black panties. Like it was like, 
and everyone when trashed him for that. Albums. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's funny how like now we're all talking about R. Kelly doing that, but back when he was putting out those hits, yeah. it was like, oh, you know what? Stop yeah. putting the name alone. Yeah. Just yeah. delete, delete that video. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Did a, did a good PR campaign for him. Yeah. Uh, did you had a, a substitute? Because oh yeah, um, add to the list. Who was the dude that like? Well, no, they're actually good. I was gonna say shy. No, not shy. Not shy. No, I'm trying to think like. Maybe 112. Like, okay. 112, when they first started, they were like a Christian group. And then they is started. Is that true? Yeah. We have to look this There's up. There's on air, YouTube. This There's videos group. like first when they were like, we we love God and da da. And then when they would sing, you know how they would be like, acapella, do uh, yeah. it. They'd be like, I love Jesus. Like, all them. Like, and it was very <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then now, exactly. The yeah. Now peaches and cream yeah. and all that. Who is the dude, Um, the main dude? They like it when it's slick. Slick. Or silk. My friend Friend said she was on a flight and he wasn't coaching. He looked unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was our time. <laughs> F you, R. Kelly, at 112. Uh, before I be saying, shout out to Lighthouse 1373, 53rd. We're about to go there and get a meal. Where can they find you on social media? I am on Twitter as S O N I D E N I. That is my name with the last letter is gone. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you so much. We'll talk to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great. You're fantastic. Yeah, Peace. much love.